The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. What are you doing there? I don't oh. know. All right, let's, let's get cracking. <clears throat> we'll begin <laughs> in three, two, one. And welcome back. We have just finished watching. It's like I'm not needed at all. (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week... We're watching T2 Train Spotting. No, not that T2, sorry. Yes, this is uh, not the uh, popular tea shop uh, either. No, it's Train Spotting sequel, Train Spotting 2, titled T2 Train Spotting. Just, just to be slightly irritating in having to say it every time. Uh, and I'm joined once again by someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Now, uh, fans of the podcast will know that we looked at Train Spotting last year he wants to say confidently he's probably right yeah uh, and we had uh, our wonderful guests uh, jason and tegan on that episode well they're back mm-hmm. but with a twist because tegan <laughs> of lemon of, of lemon <laughs> yes <laughs> a little with zesty lemon. twist uh tegan welcome to the program hi hello everybody um tegan you saw train spotting one yeah but you've not seen train spotting two no uh no i haven't I'm trying to think of something witty to say to make up for the fact I was 90 minutes late to this podcast, but <laughs> I can't. You don't need to because you were you were a little late because you were getting your hair done. I got my hair did. And, and her hair looks the best anyone's hair has looked on this podcast. It looks a bit like your hair. It does. That's, that's why I'm saying it. It really does. Yeah. I, I don't think it occurred to me as you were saying those words. I was like... He's laying it on a bit thick. That has oh. the same body and volume <laughs> as is. this four and a half hour hairstyle. Yeah, guess what? I just wake up like this, baby. It's <laughs> I'm just all body and volume. Um, but yes, it, it looks great. And also, the listeners, uh, this will get released on time. It sounds great. Ready? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, listen hard. Um, T2 train spotting. Yes. Um, what, what are you expecting from this one, having obviously seen the first train spotting film? Um... Well, I remember watching an interview with them all about how they were really excited. They had, if they were ever going to do the project, this like do with the sequel, they were always going to do it together. So I'm really excited that they got this opportunity and that uh, they actually did it. Because I'm like, if you're going to commit to that and wait 20 odd years to do it, then you're probably going to put together a pretty good product. Mm. So I'm expecting good things. A bit of misery, like the first one. Maybe mm. some comedy. Um, you said there's no heroin. There's uh, not a lot of heroin. There's not a lot of focus on heroin. Let's oh, say that. okay. I guess that's a good thing. Good thing. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't be disappointed by that, <laughs> but I kind of am. Uh, look, everyone wants strong heroines in their films these days. You mean so. they chose life? Apparently. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll find out as we watch. Uh, luckily, <laughs> we are joined by someone who has seen the film before, and in a very weird twist, uh, hadn't seen Train Spotting One, but has now seen Train Spotting Two. Mm-hmm. It's Jason Dolly. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, Jason. Um, T Two Train Spotting. Yes. Um, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can we actually expect from this film? Well, I feel like what you can expect is, um, I, I don't know. I feel like when I saw the ads for T2 
I feel sometimes what like I was sold a bit of a um, incorrect bag of goods in a way um, because a lot of the reviews and so on talked about this certain way that the story of addiction might go and I don't feel like it does but I do really like this film okay. I, I quite liked it if I'm honest I don't know if it's a taste thing because it's been it's come out closer to time and some of us may be closer to the ages that they are now mm. but I'm like I, I think I relate to this one a bit more okay. like there is some there's some stuff that they do with this which is very much not let's do train spotting again it mm. is more alright let's look at what the current world is like Right, so because this was 2017. 2017, so yeah. only five years ago. Yeah, um, true. But the current world changed a little bit. Yeah, since it then. has changed a lot since 2017 as yeah. well. Um, <laughs> one thing that does help, which is something I always had a hard time with when we were watching Train Spotting One, is the idea that you and McGregor and Robert Carlyle are meant to be the same age. Because mm. I did thought that. I'm thought like, are well, they? No, no, they're not. Ten there's, years there's ten years different. Robert Carl's ten years older than you and McGregor. That's what I mean. I always mm. assumed. But no, Begbie, Begbie, no, Begbie and um, Renton are meant to be the same age. They're oh. meant to have grown up together. They went to it's together. a plot wow, point. Wow, I've one. never. That's never <laughs> clicked in my head always, because it's because he's Robert Carlyle. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's older and just hanging yeah. out with. But these now they young now people. he looks fifty, as does. You and McGregor because oh, so it's he more, is 50. Yeah. So it works better because I remember thinking that the first time I, I thought that made um, Begbie more interesting is that he's one of those losers that can't hang around with people his own age because yeah. they know him too well. That's, so he has to hang with younger people. That's right. what made him more yeah. menacing. Yeah, but no, no, they, they are meant to be the same oh, age. Can I change my score for train spotting one? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but throw it in there. Where's well, four because they've <laughs> deceived me for so many years. Okay. <laughs> four... Crawling babies on the ceiling out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll, 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 apply, we'll apply that retro actively. Yes, thank um, you. Excellent. Um, well, with all that being said, mm-hmm. shall we jump in and watch T Two Train Spotting? Let's let's do it. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to visit the worst toilet in Scotland again. <laughs> Are we going back there? <laughs> no, we don't. Oh. oh, spoilers. Okay. Um, the worst sink in Scotland. Uh, the worst bidet. Yeah. The worst commode. Oh, God, what do we... Vi- that's the thing about this. I feel the like they don't, they don't revisit things like you expect from... Like, mm. we now live in kind of the year of legacy sequels. Yeah. And so on like that, where it's like, oh, this is it again. Mm. Stephen and... Um, so they don't really do that. And I think that that works out for the better. The characters okay. are the same, but also have changed. Mm. And they have changed a lot of them quite considerably. And mm. some of them who haven't changed at all, it is their main focal point is the fact that they haven't changed. Right. Gotcha. And the ones that have, have, and they've either become better and better and worse and worse. And there isn't really that much visiting. Um, I think, it makes me more intrigued to see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think... Um, Means they've put more thought into it. The only place I can think of that you definitely 100% revisit is his room. Okay, well, prepare to visit the worst bedroom in Scotland <laughs> as we watch T2 Train Spotting. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Train Spotting 2, or to give it its proper title, T2 Train Spotting. And I'm joined once again by our special guest, Jason Dolly. Hello. And our special guest with fabulous hair. Hello. Tegan Mulvaney. Can you hear it? 
fucking idiot. I need a fan. Where's my fan? <laughs> we'll get one organized <laughs> Thank in, you. in a few minutes. We're all your fan. <laughs> yes, we're all big fans. Yeah, where's that guy that comes to my shows? Mm. He's my fan. Yes, he's your only fan. Oh, wait, that means something uh, else. Uh, Tegan. What? You just watched <laughs> yes. T2 Train Spotting yes. for the first time. Yeah. What did you think? I feel thoroughly satisfied with that film. Mm. That is, without me knowing it, everything I wanted in a sequel to Train Spotting. Mm. It's, it's pretty good. It's like, wonderful. Yeah, yeah it's, I, I've come out of that going. Okay, yeah, this is a really interesting story to tell with yep. these characters, and it and like it it felt like a completely different story, which I feel like it should do yeah. if they're twenty years on, and it was it was very compelling. Yeah, mm. the thing that I think I found most surprising was that it finished because I was like. What have we been here for almost two hours? Like this mm. is this is great. It's not that short a film, though. No, but it but it really skipped along. Mm. Like I was I, I was expecting another act on top of what we got, and then it was like oh, I don't know that's it. Oh okay okay yeah. cool. Yeah. It, it's great. And it did exactly like the first one. Like I'm thinking of other films. Like I'm thinking of like Guy Ritchie films as well, where they mm. leave you at a point where it could continue on, but you can figure out what happens happens yeah. Yeah. next. Um, which is part of what makes it satisfying mm. i think now jason yes you saw the first train spotting for the first time doing this podcast yes, on the podcast yeah last year and then you immediately went and watched t2 train spotting yeah. yeah so it's been about a yearish since mm. you saw it at least a few months yeah, yeah um yeah. how was it revisiting this film i liked it more the second time i think knowing slightly what was coming mm. made it more uh, thing because it, like the plot develops and you're never sure like things are happening and you're like okay but we're going to divert which way which way are we going to go like I kind of forgot they did heroin in this mm. like had you pressed me at the beginning and said do they do heroin at mm. all I'm like mm. I think Spud does once and that's during the suicide attempt yeah not anything else and then there's that scene that I completely forgot about where they just do it again yeah and it was it was quite surprising because the, the heroin being such a big part of the first film it, it it being such a small part of this film, I thought was kind of, well, it was great. I thought it was really, because it is about recovery and it is about moving on uh, or not moving on mm. as, as we see in as, some yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, everybody gets a choice. And, and, yeah, and having, it did feel a little weird having Rent and Sick Boy just go back and do heroin again. But I think it also represented the fact that, no, these two haven't moved on at all. Yeah, no. and I, I mean... I mean, Renton talks through it how he he's just replaced heroin with another addiction, which mm. was exercise, and like he has exercise to just find something media. else. Yeah, mm. there has to be something else to replace it with. I think it makes sense where it is in the film where they're where they're talking about their traumas that they that they are trying to forget in the past, and the mm. way that they used to forget them was literally by putting a substance into their bodies. Mm. I mean, that's what they did after the baby died. That's yeah. the first thing they did. Mm. So it from that. It did feel surprising, but it was understandable that mm. they that they did that. Devastating seeing Spud in the corner, who's just yeah. trying so hard mm. to, to be good. Yeah, and and but but doesn't I? I honestly thought he was going to lapse in that. Yeah, scene. and yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. He just he's on the outside of that of the. He can't even sit in the apartment with them. He has yeah. to be on the outside because yeah. he can't be near it. It's yeah. like it, it's both like really great that he's doing that but it is really heartbreaking as you yeah. say yeah it's heartbreaking as well because he's and then he's his su- friends he's, he's suffering and he's supplying as well because yeah. that's the bag of heroin that's been sitting in his sitting on the floor that yeah. he's looking into yeah mm. yeah so he's back he's basically in danger of becoming 
what Renton was yeah. for Tommy, who they were just at a memorial for. Like the, the cyclical storytelling. Yeah, like this is, is almost um, this is almost um, Spud's story mm. more than anything else. Like it does follow mm. Renton. It starts with Renton, and Renton kind of leads in. But by the end, you're like the person who gets everything out of it. The person who escapes mm. is Spud this time, not yeah. Renton. Yeah, um, and he does it through not necessarily betray. I guess well, there is a betrayal betray, like, there with the steals money. Steals the money, but he doesn't run away. Mm. He's no. accountable because he's accountable. He succeeds. Yeah, yeah it's really he, interesting. And yeah, and he becomes a writer. He becomes servant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm a little disappointed that Spud didn't take the drugs and then pass away in this film because then I could have used the joke that you and Bremner was in. Our skag means death, but unfortunately, <laughs> he. He didn't do it. And it, oh, actually, it's probably better because that joke wouldn't have worked for in 2017 when they... No, when yeah. They this. Uh, but the story of this film is... I, I just, I'm very proud of that joke. It had to be. There. <laughs> there was that point where we were just talking for a long time, like, Stephen's working on something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was that joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 277 episodes, baby. <laughs> Doesn't get better than this. Um, yeah, it was... Mm. So the story is, yeah, we pick up... Uh, 20 years on from the events of Trainspotting 1, um, where uh, Ewan McGregor's character, Renton, is on a treadmill running, running like he was at the start of the first Trainspotting film, and then he collapses. And we're like, oh, okay, what's going on there? And then he turns up back in Scotland with shorter hair, not whatever that wig or whatever it was Ewan McGregor was wearing (laughs) for that scene. And he's revisiting all of his old haunts, and it's because he had a, a traumatic health experience um with with his heart health yeah and now he is coming back to um where he grew up we also know that the life that he built for himself in amsterdam that he was married uh, that's all fallen apart but and we don't know that at the start which with, i think yeah. is makes it much more interesting yeah like, you, like he talks about his kids and his wife and because that is what transporting one's about mm. is the the normal life is good mm. Well, it's the first three lines. Choose life, choose kids. Choose a job. Choose a jo- Yeah, choose it's a all the big first. television. Mm. And, and in oh, the Oh, the big television. Hmm? That, just, that just makes sense now. Mm. When, when Begbury carries mm. the big television. With his yeah. son. This is so clever. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is. It's, it's very layered. Um, yeah. yeah, and, and yeah, so he's, he, he's come back to his old haunts and we see all of the wonderful characters that survived the first train spotting <laughs> and what they're up to. Begbie is in jail. My God. Yeah, I know. For what he did in Transporting 1. And um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not happy. And there's, there's no chance of parole. So he's just not going to be in this film, I guess. So I guess it's just, you know, they got Robert Carlyle in for one scene. And, oh, <laughs> and wait. he went back to Once Upon a Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, he's escaped. He, he, he uh, hatches an escape by getting himself stabbed in his cell. Uh, Tegan, <laughs> you made one of the most visceral reactions to somebody being hurt in a film. It was I've a pain seen. and a giggle at the same time. It was yeah. amazing. It, it was the it was the poke through the back. Yeah, you saw the um, whatever the knitting needle. The knitting go needle go through the back. It was so well done. Yeah, it didn't break the shirt, but it jabbed it really. <laughs> yeah, <far. laughs> it was just incredible. I think Danny Boyle has got a really keen eye for things that make you go, "Oh shit!" Like, yeah, like, yeah he really. Nailed that. Um, uh, that he knitting needed it. Uh, he knitting needed it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do we do it again? No, I don't want you to do it again. <laughs> he got me in the liver. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he Begbie stages his escape, um, yeah. and he's sort of like this, almost like vengeful ghost for the rest of the for the rest of the characters. <laughs> he's he's a threat that keeps going. Mm. He stays so separate for them mm-hmm. until and there's two big points of tension where he finally he faces 
Sick Boy, and then when he accidentally discovers Renton in the nightclub, yeah, in the nightclub, like those two bits you are seeing that's going, what is going on here? Mm. So it's, I love yeah. that. Yeah, uh, Sick Boy, meanwhile. Uh, is blackmailing people mm. uh, with a, a little scam he's cooked up with uh, the um, uh, sex worker Veronica, who uh, you know they're getting gentlemen of um, some some high role in the community and uh, doing naughty things with them and filming it and trying to blackmail them. Which when that came up, I was like, of course that's what sick boys doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a, it's this very like. It's a couple of layers beyond what he's done, but it yeah. kind of links to the first train spotting. Yeah, yeah it's like the Tommy video. With the Tommy yeah. video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's he's adapted. He's he's like he's he's tried to turn it into a business. Yeah, and it would have would have worked if the camera hadn't been discovered by that second man who yes. was um, who discovered it in the clock and uh, nearly um, beat Veronica to to death before Simon finally realised what was happening. <laughs> what was happening? Yeah. yeah um, and so they're doing that, and then of course Spud is trying to go clean. Uh, but it's not going very well. He's separated from Gail. Gail maybe looks the saddest I've ever seen a human being look whilst not actively being sad. There's just something about... The, Shirley that, Henderson. Yeah, something about that performance is just like, oh, I really... Disappointment. Yeah. The, I'm not yeah. mad, I'm disappointed yeah. with your life and choices. I'm just really there like, oh, Spud, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Try. Get it together. And his son, which has the best name to hear Scottish people say, mm. which is Fergus. Fergus. Yes. Yeah, Fergus. young Fergus. Um... Uh, yeah, and so it, it, we, we follow these four as their lives have not exactly gone the way that they would have hoped, but have definitely gone the way that I think we all would Imagined. have expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's sort of like nobody's in a position where it's like, oh, oh, oh that feels out of place. Everything felt right. Mm, yeah. e- even um, Renton's old uh, girlfriend from the first film now being a, a hotshot Kelly legal McDonald's, advice, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, 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 that, yeah, that, that, that tracks. Sense. That tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and and we follow them through through their their this sort of like fumbling for the past, which yeah, I, I think a, is a really the interesting... tourist tourism in the past. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting mm. for a sequel film to focus on this because obviously they did wait the twenty years to make this film, and all of the actors are you know that 20 years old as opposed to trying to do something say five years later when they're or even yeah what what, what do you cover when they're 32 yeah Mm. or even only waiting five years to do a story that was like 15 years in the future that Mm. kind of thing it was it was really uh, just kind of a really interesting way of approaching this film and um i I think is only to the film's benefit i think it's it seemed more like the legacy of the lifestyle that heroin didn't feature that much in it yes it was there but Mm. it was it was like it was more about the legacy of living the lives that they led and being in edinburgh and being the age they were at that time and Mm. just seeing where it's left them they've been left behind by their city that they and yeah the city's changed everything's gotten modern the world's changed what addiction is but they've been stunted which is what they you know they say that about addicts that they this the time they start their addiction is when they're they're stunted. They're, they're, mm. Their emotional development, their growth, their social development, everything is stunted mm. from that point on. And you can, they just do it without without hammering at home. Everything, I think that's what I mean by satisfying. Mm. It reminded me of like Bojack Horseman. So yeah. you know where you, which is about depression and drug abuse and the and, past, and, yeah. the past and, and not being able to relive, you know, trying to relive it and never getting that satisfaction again. But, you know, Bojack every season is always almost cyclical where it's like, 
oh, he's good. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, he's good. And it almost gets exhausting in that many seasons. But this is because this is just in a nice little movie. Mm. Mm. You get that all in one in one film. Yeah. But you do get that same sort of feeling of like you want them to succeed, but what the fuck does that look like mm. to, to them? Yeah, it is. And they, they, they work it out and you go like, okay, cool. Renton succeeded because he's got a wife and a kid. Yeah. No, he hasn't because it's... And well, it he did, doesn't have he, his wife. And any, he well, chose life. He chose yeah. life over heroin. Now life's fucked him over. I can swear in this one. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah. This and, is an R-rated oh, one. Yeah. And so... And so he's back to choosing. What's he going to choose now? Yeah, yeah. he said. Yeah, he, he does that speech where he's like, "I'm 46 and I'm fucked." And I've got yeah. a stent in my. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, "They're going to keep me going for 30 years." Well, that's awful. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's right. I want to die. Too, I know what to fill it with. Yeah. yeah. And 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 sick boy similarly is someone who is is not thriving. He's just found a way. Yeah, to he's, eat he's out. surviving. Like he's gotten better and he's gotten worse. Yeah. he's gotten better and he's gotten yeah. worse. But also, and I could kind of forgot this until they had the conversation between Renton and Sick Boy at Tommy's memorial, that it was his child that died. Yeah, because the Sick uh, Boys. In, in the first one that led to all the baby crawling on the ceiling um, hallucinations. And just the fact that he doesn't talk about that and the fact that he's... Johnny Lee Miller's performance... There's a lot of great performances in this. I think Johnny Lee Miller's might be one of the strongest. I think he's... does In that particular scene, he does an incredible job of sort of showing all this guilt that he's really trying to ignore and but having it build up to the surface and being told that from someone who he's planning to betray and who he's yeah. he's really angry at and he's still trying to keep it contained it's it's pretty phenomenal mm. yeah i i did enjoy that too and i, I remember watching that scene just going like they're gonna punch each other at this point again mm. Um, because it is so, it's such a stab. Mm. Mm. No, they go take heroin instead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah. that is the bit, yeah, that yeah. is the bit just preceding yeah. the heroin bit, which, as I said, I completely forgot that bit happened. Mm. It's interesting he moves, he becomes, now he's a coke fiend, where it's like yeah, he's, 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 he's still running on. with a drug, but this drug is to kind of keep facades going. He's yeah. got to keep... He's moved with the more trendy He's not escaping anymore. He's well. like using yeah. it to... And yeah. that's it. Like there's this big thing about how the world has changed in 20 years. Yeah. I mean... Like, there's I mean, the, mm. the EUification of Scotland. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's kind of throughout it. You were talking about the, the tram system, which didn't exist in the first film. Yeah. So features at the beginning a lot. Yeah. Edinburgh itself um, has, has gone through a big gentrification, particularly since the 90s when train spotting mm. was written as a novel and made as a film. And... A lot of areas in, well, around the world, but we've got a bit of a UK focus for this film. A lot of areas around the UK have gone through a bit of that gentrification mm. um, where essentially the facade is nicer, but those mm. problems haven't gone away. No. And Train Spotting 2 is like a really glossy looking film. It's beautifully shot, it's wonderfully put yeah. together, but. All of those problems are still there. We still see, like, when, when Spud goes and buys the heroin from yeah. those two kids. Or Spud's apartment in general. Yeah. Um, but, but, like, we still see there is that grimy underbelly. But because yeah. these guys aren't starting from the bottom, they're at wherever they've settled. Yeah. We're not seeing as much of that bottom-level grime that we saw in that first film. Yeah. There's a lot less gross-out moments in this one. Like, there's nobody... Uh, I, d I forgot how Spud's shit ended up all over his um, girlfriend's parents' kitchen. <laughs> but, but like, there's less of that kind of stuff from the first film. There's still bits of it, like when he's sick Peaking, in the bag yeah. and things yeah, like that. Yeah, the bag. Yeah, that is like, okay, that's, yeah. that, that is almost like the last bit of 
yeah. transporting yeah. grossness. Because that was what the film was so famous for, mm. was the worst toilet in Scotland. Yeah. And in this one, there's a pretty bad toilet. Yeah, there's some bad toilets. But we don't it's focus bad company on in the toilet. Yeah, but we don't focus on it. Um, which, I mean, the, the, We do hang on that shot for a long time. That's true, Such yeah. a good shot yeah. of them just realising... Yeah, Renton and um, Begbie. Begbie in the toilets having that brief conversation, not knowing it's the other, and then just the looks on their face. And Robert Carlyle does this tremendous impression of a volcano, just slowly bursting, getting ready yeah. to go bang. It's rem- And also, and Tegan, we were saying this as we were watching it, Begbie looks a lot like relatives in yes. our respective families. <laughs> he does. Like, and it, yeah. it really is that they're... Almost scarier when they're that size. Mm. Not saying my, my relatives are lovely. Mm. Oh, Not, my, mine they, are nice. I'm sure they. Were, yeah. I know they were scary back in the day, but yeah. they're all lovely old men now. But yeah. <laughs> someone like Robert Carla, watching someone, a small, what a five foot six. Mm man who's not big or chunky or anything like that there is something more terrifying about mm. someone like that mm. than there is yeah. i think the, ru- the big brick shit houses as yeah. opposed to bigger people tend mm. to be smarter with uh, their yeah. anger and there's also this thing it's volatility yeah. it's like it, yeah. it it's they look and feel dangerous yeah. cuz there's something about that but there's also yeah there's something about that kind of like the attack dog thing it's mm. like yeah. the smaller the dog if it's a giant dog you usually assume dumber yeah in a way like the smaller they're going to be smarter and like mm. quicker and much more with everything to prove yeah. which uh, he is yeah. and it also, is a big point of what begbie is these characters are the the, the people that survive they're not Tommy. yeah they've they're not all they, chosen yeah. different ways to they survive. didn't they didn't die in their yeah. 20s well even begbie like he kind of was forced to survive yeah like he went to prison yeah were he not in prison he probably would have been one of the dead ones. Like mm. he is the most. Well, yeah, no. In a, in a, in a lot of ways, like Renton and Sick Boy have both <clears throat> have both grown a bit, mm. a, a lot. And the Spuds tried, but Begbie has not changed. Immediately went to prison. He they was essentially some, on ice for yeah. twenty years. They made some interesting choices with that. Like Begbie comes back to a loving partner. And a son, yeah, who there's no domestic violence in that house, so it's I I thought that was a really interesting choice that I mean, we that we saw like we yeah. there was an assumption maybe but it yeah, was, I, it was I, I never was painted as like that their relationship was anything but loving. She seemed relaxed around him. She was happy when he came home, mm-hmm. and really was only worried when he and Franco Junior had that. Yeah, well, but well, he well, didn't well, yeah. pop off at him. He, he, didn't. He, he, he didn't. And like his his, I think there's a really interesting thing with the fact that they made Begbie's character impotent, uh, mm. that he was struggling mm. with with getting erections and things like that, because he, he he's not who he was 20 years ago. He's no. not the same person as when he left prison, because there are some inescapable things. Like he's gotten older. Yeah, and the fact that he is sort of still like a 20 mid 20s guy who's been roughhousing and suddenly he's confronted with his son who wants to be a hotel manager who mm. wants yeah. to go to college and the he only does. yeah the only way he can like settle the disagreement with him initially is to go I'll give you a free hit you know he's like he's yeah. like come on hit me but, but his son is just so not versed in that violent communication yeah there's and, always there's, yeah. That, there is the there's like the threat of it you think is he isn't he when the son mm. cocks up on the you know the the robbery and yeah. things like that you go oh the, the, there's an ominousness to it but he i just think it was a really interesting choice to have that element there with where he, 
there was a real normality almost to that home home life. Yeah, mm. like th- they'd moved on, like living 20 years in existence has made them yeah. more But she like hadn't it. got a new partner. She was still she still had the bag ready for him because, you know, that's yeah. what he what she had to have. And But it was like, okay, this is clearly that it's part of being the wife of someone like Begbie. You've got to have mm. everything ready and waiting to go. But I, I found that because I, I would have assumed that they would have made him because he's such a volatile, horrific character and they make him out to be so disgusting in the first one mm. that you'd be looking at he'd be he'd be ready to punch on with anyone or any anything like yeah he'd mm. be all over his son kill you know yeah he would and have he was at this point he can't almost like it's mm. like maybe he, that ties in with the impotence yeah. where it's like he it's a he, it's something he's like well i'm not i'm half a man if i can't yeah get it up but also like he's in a world that has moved on from him yeah. yeah and that feeling of that feeling of being lost like yeah, the others my favorite bit to yeah. show that lost bit is um they were, doing, they were playing um, Run DMC. Yeah. It's like that. And then yeah. everybody goes down at one point. He's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then when they yeah. come back up, he's like, he's like oh, good. Oh, oh, good. Oh, good. 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 He's good. like, yeah. what are you going to do? Just keep going. Yeah. Just start digging through the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 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 a really just, it's a weird uh, qualifier that I'm going to say. This is a really lovely film. This is a really lovely film about crime and drugs. Yeah. 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 And desperate people and I, people who are lost in the world. Can I make a confession? You may make a confession. I like this more than Train Spotting One. Okay. I watched them both very close to each other mm. and I would sit there going, I feel like this is a better film cinematography. Mm. Cinematographically. Cin- cinematically. Mm. Cinematically. Yeah. Cinematically. It yeah. looks pretty. It, it, it pretty good. Um, <laughs> It, yeah, it's that the story I felt was more interesting with all the characters being there. Like mm. everybody gets a better moment than they do in Transporting One. Mm. I think the story ends in a more interesting spot with everybody. Mm. I feel like the even the even the the story about how normality is whatever you make it. Mm. Just make sure it's not bad and like you know what addiction is. I don't think there's really anything about, like in the first one, about how they say you've just got to funnel whatever your addiction is into mm. something else, whether it's running or what have you. Like in the first one, it just never comes up. The first, Well, the first one, it's the main character is heroin. Yeah. it's The main character is, they, they're all side characters. Even Renton is a side character to the main character of heroin. Yeah. So it's almost like this one, you get, you get every, we were saying it's like you could, it's like it was everyone's stories kind of, pocketing into one no one had yeah. a, a main no one was a lead everyone was a, a had their own story everyone was a lead in their story mm. yeah. because heroin didn't exist really anymore heroin was the side character yeah heroin so everyone was, heroin got, was a magical appearance like, that's, you know was that's a cameo. Right. so it was really interesting to to see the change i like them both as separate, separate films. films i i think you're right this one is beautifully look uh, to look beautiful to look at it's also that's a that's how you want a modern retelling. I yeah. think that's why satis- satisfied is the best word I can think for watching that film because I go, I can't think of a better way to tell the stories of these characters twenty years later. Mm. Every single one of them, I got exactly what I wanted out of it as a viewer, and and more. Yeah, because mm. there's this thing that's going on now, especially now and t- since the twenty twenties onwards, is uh, this thing called a legacy sequel, which is we're just going to do that film again. Yeah, because that's what we can do. And mm. you know, Star Wars had done it just before this to actually quite a large amount of success. This film yeah. came out before Last Jedi, so just after Force Awakens. Yeah, um, and we're seeing so many legacy sequels being done 
you know, quickly or with a lot of care, with no care at all right now. Like yeah. legacy sequels just exist everywhere. This is probably the best one in a lot of ways. It's, mm. it is because it's so different. Mm. It's so the same, but so different. Everything has moved on. Like so many of them make the thing about, oh, it's just a repeat. But it's not relying on nostalgia. No, and it's not. Re- it, it actually takes the piss out of nostalgia. nostalgia yeah. You were yeah. all tourists of your own past. Yeah. And that's why you're here. And that speech that Veronica makes in Bulgarian. Yeah. To them. I'm like, that is yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, that was that's a great way to summarize and even i think sick boy says it. it's like you're just here because you almost died mm-hmm. and you're a tourist in your own past because you've not been to edinburgh in 20 years just reflecting on you on what you're saying about legacy sequels i think it's so right because i was my brain was kind of flicking through other leg- other legacy sequels i've seen recently and the only other one that came to mind that would maybe match this as far as enjoyment for me mm-hmm. was Candyman, but it did mm-hmm. almost the same thing the new can the jordan peele Candyman is I think stunning. The horror films, yeah. Yeah, but the the newer one they did does the same thing where it talks about so it's a retelling. Yeah. And it's a it's definitely a legacy for, um sequel from the first film, but it talks about how it's it, it's obviously talking about race relations that one. So mm. so their main they turn the main character from the original yeah. stories into um racism and racial prejudice. Yeah. So they've been able to look at it in um in this new candy man as of course we can retell this story because it keeps happening again and so again. again they've they've changed the yeah and the, it's not that kind of natural keeps happening in a like predictable yeah it's the same thing again it's oh no it's exactly i, mean, I, I and like in, force awakens but it's it's the first order and not the empire it's like you don't just cross out names and put another name no with the same things it's like all right it's a completely different issue now and, you know, it is the addictions of modern Force Awakens, life. though, could have... I think that was the best way to then move into the mm. next, yeah, yeah, the next two. Yeah. We needed... they. You need satisfaction. I Like, I talked about this when we did episode three about how blue-balled yeah. I felt in the... Whatever the next one was. Um, and I don't... I think that's part of it is is you want people to feel satisfied after they've finished it you've got to give them a reason yeah to watch yeah why film. does this film exist if not to do the exact same thing yeah mm. like if it's the same thing with more money the more special effects or anything mm. like that yeah. then its contribution is null it is empty calories yeah it's it's absolutely nothing it's yeah all it does is it's a nostalgia trip it is the trip down your past memory yeah. lane, but it's, then you may as well watch the old film if you want. Yeah, that. exactly. Mm. At that point, just watch Train Spotting again. Yeah, mm. redo Train Spotting, re see mm. what it is, um, and that's what you can sometimes see. Like there's reboots and there's legacy sequels, and legacy sequels have kind of overtaken from reboots. Mm. Um, reboots used to happen 25 years after the it was popular. Mm. Um, I, you know, 25 years after Transformers came out, you had the Shia LaBeouf movies. Yeah. 25 years after Power Rangers came out, you had that 2017 movie. And it's mm. the same thing. Mm. Try to update it a little bit and give it a bit of like a, you know, uh, invincible Josh Trank kind of feel to it. Mm. But it's still kind of the same. You've not changed anything and you've still got this. But yeah, Candyman's a great example. I've never actually seen the original Candyman's and I only, I don't it's like so horror great. films. So yeah, I think you're like, it's, it's, it's uh, not the kind of horror film you think it might be yeah yeah because yeah. Candyman in, in a lot of ways that's the Tony Todd one isn't yeah. it yeah 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 that that was I always looked at that just going I'm not that interested I only watched half of the new one so I that, maybe that's why if you can only because the first one and the 
the new one complement each other so beautifully. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, and that's it. Like, you need to be able to see both. Yeah. Mm. Which, you know, makes it a complete film. Mm. I, I think that it's really like a testament to what you've just said there, though, that, that Transpotting 2 not only attempts to not be one of those sequels, but achieves it as well. Mm. Absolutely and, and does. It helps that obviously it's got the source material of the novels um, uh, by Irvine Welsh. But you also have five, I'm going to say, you know, Danny Boyle and the four main mm. leads um, putting together, like, that's a solid unit of people who clearly understand their characters mm. and understand how to create and I think there was a lot of extra character. people who came back for it from the films. You like can, you can tell, yeah. There's, no, there's deeper knowledge of those characters than um, let's just see what they look like 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, it's a pretty tremendous film. I, I do wonder if Trainspotting 2 works without having watched Trainspotting 1. Yeah. Because that would... that, that, that's a really interesting one and it's obviously not the way that we decided to do this meant that that wasn't going to be an option for, for mm. us in this program but i do wonder if transporting 2 is a bit inaccessible as a standalone film because so much hangs over from the first film i you can't I, just yeah. say they had heroin issues and now they've yeah. kind of changed it's still there's so much that goes on within it yeah and then you know there's there's a lot of things like just little bits and pieces like um you know, little music cues or little uh, yeah. visual cues. Like yeah. like the fact that Spud's photos were in the bag. And I forget the name of the shop now, but it was a shop bag from one of the shops they robbed in That's the first right. film. Like little details mm. like that. Or even Tommy, at the the, boy, yeah. the boys at the start, the little blonde boy, blonde curly yeah, hair yeah. boy. I was like, oh my God, it's Tom. Up. That was, that was, that was, yeah. and what a way to start a film that was mm. like within the first minute and a half. Yeah, and it had, comes back at the end because yeah. there's all those things about how, when um, Begby and Renton are talking to each other, they're talking about the first time they met when they were yeah. kids and yeah. how Begby kind of helped. And yeah. there's even those shots where they put the kids in. But so that's what that blew, me, blew my mind about the TV when I was like, oh my God, the big TV, the fact that he brings the big TV. Like <laughs> yeah. all of those little things that him putting the record on and just flicking it off because it's Lust for Life, Iggy Pop. Like, mm. I don't know if this was a coincidence, but he was when he was flicking through his records... Um, Bowie came up. As mm -hmm. Bowie had just died. Bowie would have died. Yeah. So there was like references to the time as well. I don't, time and death and whatnot. I was like, yeah. ooh. There, there is actually a little bit of a Bowie connection, which uh, ah. may be coming up in the trivia. Ooh. So Sweet. would you guys like some trivia about yeah. T2 transporting? Yes. Sure. Okay. All this trivia comes from IMDB. So if it's not true, don't, don't blame me. Uh, Danny Boyle credited David Bowie. Davy Bowie? Davy Bowie. That's not his name. Davy Jones is his Davey name. Davy Jones, yeah. Mm -mm. Danny Boyle credited David Bowie. Don't cut that. Show everyone that you're human. No. <laughs> yeah. Danny Boyle credited David Bowie with Davey helping... Davy Bowie. Yeah, fine. <laughs> this is just going to go really long, but uh, that's cool. That's what she said. <laughs> David Davey Bowie, Bowie was credited by Danny Boyle, um, or as I call him, Davy Bowie, with helping to be able to use various hit songs in the original movie inexpensively because he had ties to some of the artists. So because David Bowie was friends with Lou Reed and Iggy Pop, um, 
Boyle was able to get those songs for cheaper than he would normally have oh. been able to get them. The royalties and the rights. Yes. The reason for this is because uh, Bowie was a fan of um, Shallow Grave. Oh, I love that oh. film. <laughs> yes, which was Danny Boyle. Film. I love yes. that film. And it's him and Ewan McGregor working together the yes. time. So David Bowie went, I really like that Shallow Grave. Do you want some cheap music? That film is intense. Mm. It sounds like a music drug dealer. Yeah. Like, gives it to somebody else and just spits out the thing. Like, <laughs> Look, if anyone is a music a music drug dealer, it's, it's David, David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. yeah. Um, for his own little personal tribute in Can the I just film, say I met someone, um, sorry, no, just talking about drug deals. Um, I did a... <laughs> oh, I really hope it was Bowie. I had to be an extra in an ad this week, and I met this guy on the ad who had was saying how he had 50,000, a new $50,000 set of teeth... Um, and he told himself when he got new teeth, he'd become a movie star. And he was on his way. He, being like, it was really sweet, but he called himself. He said, you know, he, he grew up on the streets. He was really rough. Mm. Mm. And he, was pull, he pulled his life together. But he called himself a superintendent of the streets. And yeah. we were like, what do you mean? He goes, you know, you get me a couple of phones. I get you a couple of bags. We work it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, superintendent of the streets is my new name for drug dealers. That's fantastic. <laughs> but yes, uh, super Nintendos of the streets, yes. super Nintendo charmers. <laughs> <laughs> the shots of the albums uh, of Bowie's work was indeed a tribute uh, from to Bowie. Bowie to Bowie, man to, who sold the world mm, to Davy well, Bowie. Well. Yeah, David Bowie. And a bit of hunky dory as well. Yeah. Just wow. but yeah, I, I had no idea until reading this that David Bowie had helped them get the rights for the music in the first place for the first film. Oh. So once again, David Bowie, top man. Dearly, mm-hmm. dearly missed. Uh, Robert Carlyle kept away from his family in Glasgow whilst he was filming because he felt he was a bit too much like Begbie when <laughs> when off camera. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a method acting thing. I think it's just more he's gotten really intense of, and he's just yeah. grumpy all the time. Yeah, and yeah, he was just like, no, I'm not going to visit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in a good mood. It'd be uh, a hard character to shake. Yeah, because he's comical as well. He's, yeah, you- yeah, you can't, you can't like make him aware of any of the jokes of the things no. that he does he's got to he's, be, he's, he's got to take them so seriously that he can't laugh mm. like you probably can't even break character with that kind of thing like you can with could he not read in the first train spotting is that i can't remember i don't think he did could. he learn to read in prison i mean he had a bit of time it was part of it yeah he took up knitting we know that much um, <laughs> also knitting took up him he definitely did yeah um the the Missing tooth uh, in his mouth as well is an actual missing tooth. Robert Carlyle has a like false denture there, wow. um, and he pulled it out to make him look more gritty. It worked. Yeah, he looked. He looked again like people in my family. Yeah, who are all lovely and not in jail. Just want to yeah. throw that one out there. Never have been. No, no, only Ooh. only only visiting. While announcing the sequel in an interview, director Danny Boyle joked that he wanted to call it T2 and uh, was wanting to speak to James Cameron to see if he'd allow it because, of course, Terminator 2 Judgment Day was referred to as T2. The cast later explained that the title was the one they thought the characters in the movie would have chosen to annoy James Cameron. Uh, since Terminator 2 isn't legally known as T2, Boyle could use the title without permission, but he settled for T2 Trainspotting because the internet search term T2 mostly leads to Terminator 2-related yeah. sites. And indeed, uh, excellent tea shops. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, so yeah, that's why we have T2 Trainspotting as the title for this one. T2T. Mm. T2T. I thought of a name for the book. Oh, yeah? Yes. I just like how that's the end of it with... Mm. Um, 
Yeah, with um, Spud's mm. ex-wife. Oh, with Gail. With Gail, yeah. thank you, yes. I um, What did you think about the idea of Spud being the writer in the end, like the creator of these stories? I think it makes sense if he's mm. the... He's always the one that they dismiss as dumb mm. and he dismisses himself, but he's the one that's the forger. He's the one that has yeah. the attention to detail. Mm. So it does... It does make sense. It does complement. Yeah, and it compliments him, him in, in like his ability to everything that went bad for him yeah. in this very nice way is what can finally bring him out. Like he can become a good writer. Everybody gets it. So just going, you're very good at writing. You're very good at yeah. telling stories mm. because he sat and observed because he doesn't feel like he can be part of a lot of things. Yeah, and he's got a lot more lived experience than the others. Yeah, because Renton went and hid essentially in Amsterdam. Yeah, uh, sick boy never grew out of where he was. Uh, and Francis Big, was stuck in jail. Yeah, Bigby, Bigby was stuck on ice in prison, not growing. The, the fact that Spud went and tried to ha- make a life for himself and that yeah. he did get married and have a kid and worked on these jobs, but then was always an hour late mm. and kind of cocked it up. Yeah. But he has so much more lived experience. <laughs> you, 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 hard, hard time to remember that bit because at that point when he's still talking about his life, you're like, you're still trying to get your ear into what's the, the, yeah. the thick... Scottish accents. Yeah, it's like, cool. okay, cool. At least, he's, at least they're animating and showing it. <laughs> so we can go, oh, okay, cool. He was late and there was that. And he had a, he had a son and so on because there's the son and so on. Speaking of Scottish accents, uh, Johnny, Johnny Lee Miller's Scottish accent in the original transporting film was his own um he tested his accuracy for this accent uh, in a glasgow bar stating something on, along the lines of if i could wing it in there i was okay so he developed it without any help from anyone uh for the second film he had a dialect coach uh, something that ewan mcgregor jokingly put down to miller not being drunk this time around <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, although a sequel novel to Train Spotting had already come out in 2002, uh, Danny Boyle purposefully waited until his cast of actors had visibly aged uh, to play the 19-year older versions of themselves. Danny Boyle joked that the actors uh, were naturally quite vain and that it took a bit longer than he hoped for <laughs> because they were all trying to keep themselves pretty and young. Mm. <laughs> Uh, the four main actors were not all available at the same time at the beginning of principal photography uh, due to scheduling conflicts with other projects. Boyle stated in interviews that the American TV careers of Johnny Lee Miller and Robert Carlyle in particular made it a necessity to have a reduced filming schedule that could accommodate all four of the male leads. And I think that's also partly why we don't see them all together until the very end of the film. Mm. Uh, one for tension. You can pair off two and two and two and two yeah. all the time and, and a three for a long time. Yeah. Uh, in the it looks inter- like they meant to do it yeah. with the what yeah. we were just saying about the storylines. Mm. It's like, well, that made it a lot easier to have them <laughs> yeah. have four separate storylines yeah. going. Yeah, it's like, ah, we'll, we'll take them where we can get them. Yeah. You guys all free Tuesday? Great, we'll shoot the big sure. finale then. <laughs> in the getting inter- my hair done. <laughs> yes, it can take four hours, we've learned. <laughs> um, in the intervening years, Edinburgh had acquired a tram system, which was notoriously underused. Uh, when the producers asked the tram system if they could have permission to film on the trams, they were like, yes, please, we need the publicity. <laughs> so that's why there was a lot of tram shots. They were like, please, we need to let people know this is here. (laughs) Shirley Henderson, uh, who plays Gail, had actually lost her voice for a few weeks prior to filming due to an ulcer. Uh, She originally had more lines in the film, but was unable to perform them. So they cut down her dialogue. It works. Yeah, that kind of makes her more like she's just sad about things. Like you said, Mm. she is such a sad character. And the fact that she just sits there and takes it all yeah and like it's just having to sit there like you know she's feeling things but it's like she can't bring herself to just yeah and she, it's great we see her communicating like when she's handing over the photos you can see that 
oh, Spud, what are you doing now? Mm. But also like, I really hope this works out, but also it probably won't. Like all mm-hmm. of that is just communicated in these looks and it's great. Uh, they had to come back two weeks after principal photography had finished shooting to shoot her saying, I think I thought of a title for your thing because yeah, they were like, we'll wait till you're better. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Uh, the final bit of trivia is Amy Manson, the woman dancing in front of Begbie at the club, uh, had worked with Robert Carlyle previously in Once Upon a Time. She mm. played Merida. Ah, mm. there you go. So, yes, funnily enough, uh, Kelly MacDonald had also played Merida, but in Disney's Brave. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that I, I've not seen Once. I hear that people like it. Um so, yeah, I don't know how weird it is for Merida to be giving uh, Rumpelstiltskin a lap dance, <laughs> but I'm presuming a bit weird. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I would assume so. I I honestly did not watch as much of Once Upon a Time okay. as it led on. I just literally like, I know that's what Robert Carlyle did. It could have just been jokes about Stargate. Yeah. Because he was in that for a while too. That's I true. did watch more of that. That's fair. So, But yes. Uh, <laughs> so, we've come to the point where we have to score the film. And Tegan, mm. it was your first time watching T2 Train Spotting. Uh, what score would you give it out of 10? Um, I would like to give it eight and a half hotel management degrees out of 10. <laughs> mm. um, it, yeah, very, very satisfying film. Maybe a bit long. Felt it, That's my only, I don't know what, I don't want to give it, it's not a 10. It doesn't feel like a 10 film. No. But it was, I can't think why I won't give it a nine, nine. but I choose not to. Yeah. Um, choose eight and a half. I'm choosing eight and a half because it, it just, it was every, it was everything I wanted in that film. Mm. And that's, it's as simple as that. I was like, what else would you want from those characters? Yeah. Anything else would be yeah. unbelievable. Would you want a Transpotting 3 in another 20 years? Will you and McGregor be naked in it? Yep, I think I think that's just that's just going to happen regardless. Great, then uh, I'll have one every year from this point on. <laughs> okay, uh, Jason, what about yourself? What would you give this film? I'm going to give it. I am going to give it nine. Cool. I'm going to give it or three William of Oranges, which he was William the Third, so that makes nine. Yes. Um, I'd be interested to find out what we actually gave Transporting One. Look, that would require preparation. Preparation, that I'm yeah. not willing to do, nope. apparently. But you had two hours. I, I did have an extra couple of hours. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yes, look, I remember that we seemed to like it. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it I at that. I feel like I gave it probably an eight or an eight and a half, if I'm totally honest. Yeah. But I think you gave it less than that. I think you gave it a seven. Maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I liked it, but I think everything that I was a little annoyed at with this film, and maybe that's because I was older watching an, mm. you know, a 90s film in the 2020s. Yeah. Um, that this kind of filled that gap in a lot of ways. Yeah. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give it nine. Mm. I am kind of tempted to even give it nine and a half. Like I, I, like I will give things that I love a 10. Mm. Like it's just so enjoyable. And the second time was way more enjoyable yeah, as that's... well. Maybe because I knew where everything was going yeah. and what. I definitely became to watch it again, even from a nostalgia perspective of the, other film yeah to to try and pick out more of those moments as well yeah um oh it was pretty clever there's a lot of those shots where they stand there and they actually put that's they did that so well they did that so often and so well and and i think a lot of it is like you know it's the same footage or it's extra footage well there's but there's doubles in there as well like the them talking about going to buy heroin sick boy and um, yeah 
when he talks about having his blood in his veins, and they pair them, they find great doubles in the, yeah. the way they shoot it. Jason, yes, you gave Train Spotting one, yeah, seven and a half out of ten. Wow. Yep. Tegan, you gave Train Spotting one nine out of ten. Oh, then I have to give this. Nine out of ten. You're going to bump it up to nine? Yeah, it has okay. to be the same. All right, so nine and nine. Because they both do the same. They both do what they want, yeah. what I want from them. Mm. Yeah. No, that, it, it, nine it, hotel management degrees <laughs> out yeah. of ten. You got an extra half of a degree. You did. Through this conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It Look, it's it's a it's a good film. Like, yeah. it's, it's just, I don't think you can actually say much more than that, um, even though we've gone for an hour. <laughs> uh, I, I do feel as though it's one of those things that... Um, it, it's just better seen. It's just better experienced. Um, I think I prefer the first Train Spotting film a little bit more. Okay, but but only because um, you're incorrect. I'm incorrect. No, but only because it was so visceral. And yeah. like, I don't really remember much about the film, but I remember how it made me feel. Mm. Yeah, this one is less visceral, but more yeah. clever and more yeah. interesting. I'd and it say. may be. A year from now, I go, oh, no, 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 actually, no. Transpotting yeah. 2 is, is the one that I think is better. But right now, I'm kind of looking at it and going, it complements Transpotting 1 incredibly well. So well. I, I do worry a little bit if it stands up by itself, but also it's not designed to do that. It's designed to complement yeah. the first film. Uh, but it's very good. I think it's well worth a watch. Um, so I am going to give uh, T2 Transpotting... Uh, I'm gonna, T2 Transpotting. <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, 8... George Best montages oh, out of cool. ten because that was my favourite bit. <laughs> uh, That's my. We know what you're saying about yeah. what if it would stand up. My argument would be: Why the hell would you want to watch this film if you hadn't watched the first one? Or, mm. or you know, yeah. they, I'm like, sometimes you can see. Oh yeah, I'd watch that. Like maybe one of the Thor films. You can watch I watched Ragnarok, Ragnarok without, watch. without watching the others and loved yeah. it. This yeah. one, I'm like, why would you watch T2 mm. without watching? Because they are of the same ilk. Yeah, you'd, you'd, it's like it'd be weird to not watch them together. Yeah. So shame on you if you've done that. It was a bit like, um, dear viewer. I remember Peter Jackson did that with the Two Towers. Everyone's like, are you going to put like a summary at the beginning? I'm like, no, anybody who's seen Two Towers is not is not going to put up with a three-hour film if they haven't already watched the first three-hour film. Correct. So I'm just going to keep going. It's literally like, we're just going for it. We might, you know, it starts with a little visit back to where Gandalf dies and then shows. And then Two Towers was annoyingly good enough to make people like me have to go see the third one, mm. which was really irritating. Because they were all fantastic? Yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, the first one bored me, but oh, I, really? I, I didn't go to see it in the cinemas. But <laughs> Not, the second two, I, thought I was the scene like... where Frodo and Sam did heroin was, was pretty effective. <laughs> yeah, a little golem crawling on the ceiling. <laughs> it was great. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's really... It's just a really interesting film, and it is quite unique there are very few sequel films that that have achieved what i think this film has achieved yeah and it's so hard to put your finger on exactly what it is whether Mm -hmm. it is the change from like if it would have been a worse film had it been about heroin coming back into their lives heroin does and you don't even see the whole um heroin's going to ruin their lives again now because they'd both gotten off it and also their lives are kind of ruined already yeah it's already shit it'd also be unbelievable like to be a real Debbie Downer, but it's like You're it's back not, exactly and, it and heroin isn't what people take now. It's yeah. prescription drugs, and fentanyl is what's killing people in Scotland now, and mm. um, and meth, and it's like unless you, unless it was how they use that to really cling on to nostalgia, it it almost didn't matter. It was yeah. like 
it's not it's not relevant anymore. I love that they had the guts to do that because I'm sure every person probably like we were joking about it before the film. Yeah, when you walk like, into it, there's got to be heroin. There's got to yeah. be heroin. I'm like, mm. kind of isn't heroin. Yeah, yeah, which is fantastic. I think one thing that when I remember looking up things about this, the big thing that everyone talks about with it, and as I said, I felt like I was sold a a false bag of goods in a way mm. was that this was all about social media and blah 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 it's not it's it's a bit of it but mostly it's because of that rant that he makes about mm. um social media and consumer culture that a lot of people when they were advertising it or when the reviewers came in they just focused on that bit where mm. i don't even feel like it's about that yeah mm. I don't think like so. it's not about the horrors mm. of social media and the horrors of change addiction it's a part of it mm. and it is the bit that kind of is there but it's just about addiction in general or I think that's just to reiterate the idea that Mm. we just choose which addictions work for us best in our heads Mm. that goes back to what he says before but I agree that it wouldn't be the it's not it's it's definitely not not a thing about social media it's a new heroin at all yeah before we conclude there is something that I've just realized we haven't talked about that much and that was the character of Veronica yes who is such an important part of this film but is never really the focus and the fact is, is we don't find out until basically the last scene of the film that she was trying to get back home to, to get to her family and get to her son, who is not mentioned, or at least I don't believe mm. is mentioned at any point. And it's just really interesting that they all get screwed over by this character in the end. Mm. Um, but I, I was completely on her side. I think after two yeah, films, yeah, no, when you're sitting there, because she keeps yeah. saying, you know, and there's a betrayal. Like she's repeating Spud's yeah. story about what happened with Renton the first time, and like I love that framing thing about her, like because she's the one who listens to Spud's stories the most. Mm. Like Spud is the happiest when he's working on the building and working yeah. with her. On she's another survivor. Mm. Yeah, she is. She's had a shit upbringing in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's interesting I, that she hasn't yeah. picked her upbringing either. The others have kind of picked their yeah. Yeah. picked their demise. She well, hasn't. Well, to an extent, like like I think the first film does a really good job of framing that they they there are two choices: choose life or don't. But really. There isn't much of a choice. Yeah, I guess so. Where, yeah. where, but with her, I do think there is. There isn't even the illusion of choice. Well, no. they they don't have war, well, and yeah, you know. Yeah, they don't. They she was not a person who grew up in essentially a former Soviet country. Yes. Mm. Um, like she says at one point, it's like you just live in the past. It's like we don't talk. You about run the from past. the past. We never yeah. talk. We run yeah. from the past. We go forward. We can't look back because mm. the, the, it's worse. Yeah. And they're sitting there talking about um, William knows best or whoever it was. Mm. Mm. Um, and all those bits and she because she sits there just going nobody talks about this as much mm. like there's nothing and I mean it's a very I would say a very English thing of like you know glorifying the past oh totally yeah. oh, uh, during the Commonwealth Games <laughs> yeah yeah you look at all the countries they used, we used to own yeah yeah um, yeah it's it, it's a very English kind of thing there and having well, I, I think because this is obviously a very Scottish story, it's yeah. probably w- worth expanding that out too. It's quite a British thing. Yeah, and like I, I, think I mean, there's also the um, the, what is it, the reformists? Yeah, the separatists. Yeah, yeah. yeah when we the sectarianists. Sectarianists. When we, we, yeah, when it. we see um, the yeah, 1690 people. Yeah, the 1690 people, and I just sat there going, oh yeah, <laughs> half of my family's from Northern Ireland. I, I, I know people who are a little bit like this, but with a slight different uh, flavour of um, sectarianism. Cool. <laughs> yeah, but but it's true. And the fact is, is that Britain is a place, and I think the first train spotting didn't cover this one as much, but it's, I think, very true. Britain is a place that 
is just very much holding on to its past in some pockets mm. because the future offers a lot of people nothing. Yeah. The, the perspective is the future offers them nothing except for being forgotten. And, yeah. and, 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 Obsolescence. And, yeah, and so you've got these people celebrating a f- battle that happened 300 and yeah. something years previously. Yeah. Um, and still, you know, they, they do they do a, a brilliant improvised historical song uh, about um, you know down with the Catholics <laughs> yeah. and and like uh, and they're just like yeah we're jumping into it and we really love it this is great and I think it just reflects the fact that a lot of the culture around them is is like them. That it's, might be the part that links maybe to the social media a little bit with that idea of inflammatory speech and mm. reverting back you know with your with your war, you know, your keyboard warriors, or yeah. about vaccines being bad, then all those sort of. Th- There's so many people out there who use it to um, promote conspiracy theories, yeah, or, which is a yeah. very backwards and. Or yeah, to, to make themselves way. feel better. Yeah, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah, it's the no. only thing I can kind of. Th- Think of it's the place where they can all yeah. collect and be like, remember when also, women didn't have rights? How good was that? Yeah, you know, those sort of things. I think it's also fun to watch them kind of rip those people off in the end yeah. too, with the sixteen nineteen. That was fucking funny. I, I, I don't know the why they had to write it on their arm to remember it. It was to tattoo it to make it look like they were. Oh yeah, yeah. They were. Just, so, just so they could be like, no, no, we belong. Yeah. We got it on because he had it on his knuckles. He had it on his arms. Um, and, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, because I was like, I thought it was just for the bit afterwards when it's in the ATMs. I'm like. You can remember 1690. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating film, and mm. um, it was was really, it was really fun to watch. So, uh, Tegan and Jason, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. You're very Thanks. welcome. And whenever Transpotting Three comes out, um, we'll, um, we'll I think we'll we'll, might actually both watch it together. Yeah, and then sure. yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do it that way. We'll, yeah. we'll go and see it in uh, about fifteen years', years time. time yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, and thank you, uh, dear listener, for joining us on today's adventure into the land of cinema if you would like to uh, send us uh, any messages comments uh we are going to tell you to use social media <laughs> <laughs> uh don't listen to you mcgregor you can find us on facebook just search for the cinema catch-up club there and you can get news and updates and things like that we also have the patreon which is like social media but where you give me money uh and that um <laughs> Which I then use to help actually run the program, you know, buy films, update equipment, that kind of thing. If you want to help support the program in that way, you can join for as little as a dollar a month and you get some good bonus goodies and features, uh, including um, pro- probably pictures of Tegan's hair. Let's, let's be real. Let's, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, you can also subscribe. You can get a new episode each and every week. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, however you wish to get the episodes. Your OnlyFans? Uh, yeah, we, we have discussed doing an OnlyFans on a previous episode, uh, and I think I may have to do it, where it's just me in the bath reading film reviews. <laughs> <laughs> or just, just DVD case over precarious. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wear like a, like a skimpy dress made of DVD cases, and I'll just be there. Ooh, that guy from Japan that like um, puts things on him on his body and then like pulls the napkins away when yeah. he's naked and he pulls he, yeah no do that one yeah they know will that. know they will know yeah. yeah all the cool kids on tiktok will know um yes no it, maybe we'll do an only fans one day and uh yeah it'll today it will be yeah it'll just be me in a bath going so t2 here we go and, Ke- <laughs> and kevin next to you on the keyboard and then he really like stares at the alarm clock like wait what is that <laughs> uh but yes uh they are all the ways to get in touch with us uh only fans one day we will see but that is all for this week so until next time 
Goodbye. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.